Good to have you back. And uh, this hour brought to you by our terrific friends over there at Quick Trip. Quick Trip has bacon right now on sale. We all know everything goes better with bacon, and the price is so good that they say limit two. Limit two. They have bread on sale. The milk is obviously fantastic. You can't uh, get, you know, uh, any better than that. But, uh, man, oh, man, uh, the Quick Trip specials they run. And don't forget, when you go in there, use those Quick Rewards cards. Holy moly. You use your Quick Rewards cards. You can earn yourself some discounts, uh, take away some of the pain at the pump even, uh, get yourself some car wash coupons. There's all kinds of good stuff uh, over at Quick Trip. But uh, I, I use them almost, almost every day. And when I start traveling again come summertime, that's like home away from home uh, because everywhere I go in the state of Wisconsin, whether it's cigar dinners, affiliate visits, golf tournaments, whatever we happen to do, Man, we're using Quick Trip all the time, and uh, I can't uh, I can't sing praises enough about everything that Quick Trip has, including the take home meals that are hot and ready to go. So check out our friends over there at Quick Trip. Uh, joining us now on the hotline, uh, our buddy Mark Schofield uh, from uh, SB, SB Nation, and uh, joining us here, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. Great to be back with you. Uh, uh, looking forward to diving into the Super Bowl and all the other stuff we're going to get into. Always great to be on. Um, let's start first and foremost with uh, the, the game itself. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are complaining about the ticky tack call and I understand it. Uh, I don't agree with throwing a flag at that point, especially when it didn't really disrupt the route or such of the receiver, but it is what it is. But to me, I look at the fumble and the punt return. Those two plays alone turned the tide and probably were uh, anywhere from a 10 to a 14 point swing in that ball game. And had neither one of those happened, then I think it's a different outcome. Yeah, the punt return was massive. And I think it's important to remember that they Philadelphia brought their punter back off of, you know, being injured. Because he got injured in December on a muffed punt situation. Um, they brought him back, and he hits a line drive. And, you know, they had the Chiefs did have a return set up to the right side. The punt was a line drive to the left. So Tony, you know, had to do a good job of getting around to the blockers to the other side of the field. And he made a number of defenders miss, a number of, coverage players missed but that line drive sort of gave him the opportunity to get that big return longest punt return in Super Bowl history in fact so I think you're right that was a huge play because it obviously set Kansas City up well, first and goal situation you have the, the fumble from Hurts where he's just trying to change hands uh, put the ball in the outside hand like you taught to do when you first start playing the sport ball to the outside ball to the sideline that's what he's trying to do and just dropped it um, so a critical mistake in that moment and I also think that you got to give a lot of credit to Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and their advanced scouting because some of the stuff they did down to the red zone with the motion, the shifting, you know, identifying Philadelphia's motion rules, knowing how to break them, finding an example of Doug Peterson breaking those rules in a game between Philadelphia and Jacksonville earlier this year. I think they deserve a lot of credit on the staff for finding that, and of course the players for executing. And I also think we have to give a lot of credit to that offensive line, you know, because. Going into that game, one of the things that people, you know, I said it all week long, look, Eagles are so good at getting pressure with four. Hassan Reddick, 16 sacks on the regular season, 13 over the right tackle spot. Andrew Wiley, the Kansas City right tackle, giving up nine sacks, most among the Chiefs. That could be in a situation where that defensive front could wear on Kansas City, get pressure on Mahomes. The offensive line played extremely well. Wiley played extremely well. And so I think, you know, for me watching that game, you know, on Sunday, rewatching it on Monday, those were the factors that stood out to me. 
I, uh, I I know the discussion's been about the field, and I, I get it that uh, Arizona's notorious for painting the field. They send it out. It's a very tight weave, water, all yada, yada, whatever. But it didn't really seem to affect the Kansas City Chiefs too much. For all the griping and complaining that the field was chunking up, and it was, and many of the fields do, uh, and that guys were slipping, it was more so on the Eagles than it was on Kansas City, and that's because Kansas City was wearing longer cleats to begin with. So I know the field looked somewhat embarrassing by the NFL, but overall it really, that wasn't a huge factor in this, you know? Yeah, and it's also important to remember, and, you know, a lot of Eagles players said it, both teams had to play on it. You know, both teams had to either adjust their foot and adjust their cleats or just what they were doing. Um, and perhaps this is just an example of Kansas City doing a better job. And this might be, you know, when we go into and come out of a Super Bowl, we always think about, you know, how the Super Bowl is a different game than what players are used to. You've got the longer halftime. You've got, you know, the longer commercial breaks at times. You've got little subtle differences between your regular NFL game and the Super Bowl. And it's one of those things where being there, having been there before, can make a difference. And, you know, perhaps from Kansas City's perspective, having been to a couple of different Super Bowls and, you know, been in that environment and knowing that, you know, footing could be different. you got to make changes. you got to be ready for things like that. Perhaps they were able to either change footing, change cleats, make adjustments quicker than Philadelphia was. And that could have also played a difference because there were moments where, you know, guys like Reddick off the edge. I remember one play where, you know, he slips off the edge and Wiley's able to bury him. But both teams had to deal with it. Kansas City dealt with it better. And that might be one of those examples of having been there before and that knowledge that comes with that paying off for the Chiefs. Now the offseason begins. The Chiefs, uh, I thought it was remarkable, some of the things that, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes talked about, about getting, uh, you know, in early, working with the new guys, losing Tariq Hill. Uh, Chris Jones talking about the offense and, and you know, or the defense and what they needed to accomplish this season. They started off really slow and then how the team all came together. Now things begin to change. You know, you got Juju Smith-Schuster. He's going to be a free agent, and whether or not he comes back, we'll have to wait and see, and there's going to be some change there. Obviously, there's going to be uh, a lot of uphill battles to be able to be climbed when it talks about Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. You start to go through the rest of the quarterbacks and the good teams in the AFC, while the NFC... You know, I mean, it's still the Eagles on top. Possibly a close second could be maybe uh, the Cowboys in San Francisco. But after that, there's not a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and I think it's going to be interesting because, you know, I know a huge topic of conversation over the next weeks and months, really, as free agency gets going, is going to be potential unprecedented quarterback movement. If you're a quarterback, say you're Derek Carr, and you're thinking about where you might want to land in free agency, I think you look at the AFC to see how stacked that conference is, like all the teams you just mentioned, all the quarterbacks that are there. And then you look at the NFC where you've got the Eagles, the Cowboys, the 49ers, and then some question marks and think, if I want to make a run, I want to try to find my way to the NFC if I can, if there's an opportunity, if there's a landing spot to be found. Or perhaps if you're a quarterback that's facing a decision about what he wants to do, maybe you stay in the NFC. And so, you know, I, I think the balance of power seems to have shifted to the AFC. You know, you look at certainly what Kansas City has done, and I think it's going to be interesting. You mentioned the receivers in Kansas City. I think when they made both the Sky Moore selection in the draft and the Kadarius-Tony trade, there's some thinking that those were made with an eye towards next season, right? Because you have MDS, you have obviously Juju Smith-Schuster, who's 
on a one-year deal, now a free agent, you've now got players that will have a year in your system that you look to next year. And so they might sort of reload at that position. But overall, you know, you look at the AFC, you look at the NFC, and AFC seems very deep. NFC's a little thin at the top. Might make for intriguing decisions come quarterback and free agent movement time. Talking about Mark Schofield of SB Nation, at Mark Schofield over on Twitter if you want to find him there. Now, uh, I know I'm getting asked whether or not Rodgers does or doesn't come back. What's it going to mean for the Green Bay Packers this offseason? Uh, you know, I, I, I still have a, a suspicion, I have a feeling that uh, more likely Rodgers is back with the Packers than he is elsewhere. But that being said, we know what the Packers need. They need a, uh, a pass-catching tight end. They, need, they may have to replace Adrian Amos at safety. They need more help on the outside, probably a veteran. And in depth, it's not like they are completely bereft of talent. I don't think they're that far away from getting right back into the playoff talk. And we saw that towards the second half, the end of the season, when they started reeling off some wins. They unfortunately fell to the Detroit Lions. But I don't think they're as far away as a lot of people think they are. Do you? I'm right there with you, Phil. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit. You know, we talked about it when the season ended that, you know, it's not like they need massive upgrades at like five or six different positions and you're going to have to do a lot of work in the offseason there. You find more fine-tuning type moves than anything. And you mentioned the tight end position. This is a fantastic draft in offseason um, to need an upgrade at the tight end position or need an addition at the tight end position. You have Mike Meyer, the Notre Dame tight end, Dolphin Kincaid from Utah, um, Darnell Washington, the, the massive tight end at Georgia. I mean, you might have three in the first round right there. And there's some depth at that position as well. There's some talented safeties in the draft. Another position you mentioned, you know, I, I, I think there are some other positions in this draft, offensive line that have some depth to them. Cornerback is extremely deep, not a need, you know, in Green Bay. But, you know, it's, it's an intriguing draft class from that position. But you're right. The, the Packers are closer i think particularly given everything we just talked about with the conference at large to being back in the mix than maybe other people believe and again i think that might play a role in what rogers decides to do i think what we talked about down the stretch and you know the chemistry that started to develop between him and christian watson i remember you and i talking a lot about how these two are getting on the same page and that might be something that sparks rogers and an interest in coming back for another year and so I think the Packers are close. It's a good draft in some of the areas that they could address this offseason. And I think it might weigh heavily in what he decides to do in the next couple of days. I uh, Well, I first of all, like I said, I, I think that uh, as much as Rodgers doesn't want to be talked about, he wants to be talked about. And as much as we don't want to get into the same old, same old, it, it, it's like putting out fires because you keep hearing things that none of them are from sources. It's just opinion that becomes substantiated in some way, shape, or form that really isn't. And we sit here today just spinning and waiting. So give me your thoughts on this before I let you go. I mean, if you have to uh, you know, pick a destination and or landing spot and or starting point for Aaron Rodgers going into next season, where do you think it is? I mean, I think he's back. I think he's back in Green Bay. Um, you know, mainly for a lot of the reasons we just talked about, you and I have also talked about sort of the, the legacy aspect to, you know, being the Green Bay Packers quarterback, potentially the best quarterback in franchise history, winning another Super Bowl in Green Bay, the opportunity to, you know, because if you start thinking about potential landing spots for him, you know, Las Vegas with the Raiders, sure, but you're going to play Mahomes twice, you're going to play Herbert twice, you're going to play Sean Payne and Russell Wilson twice, you're going to come out of the AFC. I mean, I think that poses 
a massive challenge. And, you know, maybe at some level the competitor in Rogers thinks, I, I want to go do that. But I think at this point the idea of staying in Green Bay, making another run, I think there's an appeal to that as well. The domino that I'm sort of curious about is the Derek Carr angle because we know the Jets are interested. We know the Nathaniel Hackett link to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets has been talked about. But does Carr try to sort of get first mover advantage? Because I think the Jets are a very nice landing spot. If he goes there, that might be another sort of domino in the idea that, all right, well, I'm not going to go to the Big Apple because, like you said, Rodgers does like to sort of keep himself in the conversation and playing quarterback for the New York Jets in New York City and that media market is a way to do that. But if that sort of gets taken away, if that sort of turn the game of quarterback musical chairs is now occupied by Derek Carr, yet one more reason I think he ends up back in Green Bay. Good stuff as always, my buddy. I appreciate it. And I, I know it's been a hell of a season. We look forward to getting you back on specifically during the draft and we'll touch base then, okay? Sounds great, my friend. Thanks so much for everything, Bill. It's been a blast all season long. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate it, Mark. Talk to you soon. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can read his stuff at Mark Schofield, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D, S-C-H-O-F-I-E-L-D. And uh, great stuff from Mark all season long. We certainly appreciate appreciate his input. Uh, I, You know what? I want to go back to some things that I had posted on Twitter and on Facebook, a quick, uh, a quick write. And I, some people just are the exactly what it is I discuss that drives me nuts. So I want to tell you about it when we come back. Hang in there. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This portion of the program going on uh, not only up north, uh, but right here in our own backyard, all throughout the state and all throughout the great uh, nation that is the World Wide Web. But our friends up north, where we're going to be next weekend at uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort, I'm really looking forward to it. It's the Mardi Gras weekend. And uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, going to be a good time. Friday and Saturday night up there specifically are going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but they have a terrific, terrific thing planned. Dinners planned, Mardi Gras stuff planned, wine tastings, and beverages, you name it. It's all going to be taking place over there on the island, on the Muscano Island and uh, the Four Seasons Island Resort. You want to get a hold of our girl, Barb. Not many rooms left, so you want to get in on this. Tell them you heard it here because when you say, I heard it on Bill Michael's show, they give you a discount. So make sure you tell them you heard it here. Call Barb now. If you're thinking about going up, doing a little partying, hanging out on the island, pools, hot tubs, saunas, you know, ice cream parlors, spas, all that kind of good stuff. Maybe if you still want to head up on the trails, you can. If the winter storm hits tomorrow and dumps more snow, call Barb, 715-938-5110. 715-938-5110. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort in Pembine, Wisconsin, and their sister resort, up in Iron Mountain, Michigan, Pine Mountain Resort. If you're looking to do some skiing, they still have plenty of snow up there. So head on up. But either way, the Miscano Island Mardi Gras Party, February 25th. They have dining specials, entertainment both Friday and Saturday. No admission. Just come on up, stay the night, hang out. Or if you just want to go there, you can. But that's the Four Seasons Island Resort, 715-938-5110. Get a hold of our girl, Barb. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh. 
Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. So I, I, I tell you all the time about uh, some of our fun bars and places we go and hang out. They have got uh, over at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill coming up this Sunday. I'm going to try to get over that way. They have their ice golf tournament. Uh, I don't know how the ice is, but uh, they have the ice golf tournament going on. Ten bucks a person, no age limit. It's at Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, and uh, the ice golf gets underway 10 a.m. The shotgun start at 11 a.m. The raffles are from 12 to 4, and uh, they've got meat raffles, basket raffles. Bourbon basket is back, and I'll tell you this. If you're a bourbon or a whiskey drinker, they have got Elijah Craig, Eagle Rare, Bardstown, Bourbon Cream, Woodford Reserve, the Double Bake, and the Whistle Pig Piggyback. All up for raffle, which when you start to add all that stuff together, it's it's quite a bit. Eagle Rare is a lot cheaper when you get out of the state of Wisconsin, but man, is it good stuff. I love every one of those, so I'm going to get in on that. Even if I, uh, I'm actually going to go over and drop some money off today to uh, say hi to the gang over at Curly's because I want to be in on this. I don't know if we're going to be back in time after the raffle, uh, after heading up to uh, Four Seasons to get in, but I do want to contribute because it goes to autism. And it's it's a hell of a prize package. So if I possibly win it, it'd be fantastic. But uh, man, oh man, if you want to go to a p- good place coming up uh, again uh, the uh, the next week, they're going to have a hell of an event going on, and that is going to take place Sunday, February twenty sixth. The ice ice golf and meat raffle for autism. It's going to be fantastic. Tell R- Ryan's buying a place too, which is awesome. So Ryan's always kind of been the GM, and a, a family has owned it. And Ryan's just kind of ran the place. It's always ran tremendously. So Ryan just texted me today and said, hey, I'm thinking about buying it, but can you come on over and say hi? And absolutely so. Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill out there on Pewaukee Lake. Can't wait to get over there. Can't wait till Ryan takes it over. It's going to be a fantastic, fun time. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. So I want to address something. Uh, I want to address something. By the way, he's uh, listening to the program. He says, uh, we're pre-selling the uh, tickets for the bourbon raffle from right now until February 26th. $5 for each or 7 for $25. Uh, it's going to be one raffle, two winners. Everything double up. Each winner gets six bottles, just so we know. There you go. For bourbon drinkers out there, that's a good deal. Take that. Um, so I had made a post, and uh, I don't kind of get opinionated very often, you know. But I did. I said, look, Derek Carr out there shopping his wares. We're all sitting and waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come out of the darkness with some kind of an epiphany regarding the rest of his career. In the meantime, uh, and I had asked Mike this, and Ben, I, I asked you, uh, you know, if you've got something, but all these people saying the Packers definitely, uh, they want to move on. They've made the decision to move on. They are saying they want to move on. Who? Nobody's attributing this to anybody. It has become... It's like one person had the idea, and everybody's ran with it. And listen, I, I was sitting out there in Arizona. We had, uh, I was talking to Tom, Thomas Dimitrov. Uh, I talked to him about it. He said, you know, if this is me, this is maybe what I want to do. But, you know, the Packers have been really good about keeping their mouth shut, blah, blah, blah. So even a former general manager who is sitting there in front of me and we're talking about this, is saying this is probably what you want to do if indeed Rodgers isn't all in, but if he's all in, it'd be hard to move on. And he understood the difficult position the Packers are in. In the meantime, all these people are saying the Packers have decided they want to move on. Have you heard anybody say 
Sources inside the Packers. My source says that anybody that preludes that statement with sources inside the Packers or a source around Aaron Rodgers or whatever. Have you heard anybody say that? Ben, have you heard anybody say that? No, we have not. I, I think it's a, it's a rolling snowball that is only picking up more and more snow as it goes down the mountain of people reading into the reports and the language and the framing of the reports where one report will come out and I'm sure it'll be, it's like the report of the Packers talking to somebody, which as you have said, I'm sure happens. It's normal. And then people will take that and say, okay, it seems as they're open to it. And then the snowball starts rolling and they say, oh, this person said that they're open to it, which could mean this. And then we get to where we are today. I, I have not heard any of that stated. So when I say in my post that all the unsubstantiated BS is flying around, that's what I'm talking about. There are things that are legitimate. When Rodgers does his show, nobody in the media is uh, asking Rodgers questions other than Pat McAfee, and Rodgers is the one doing the show. You don't want people to talk about it, you shut up. You kill it. It's like a flame. If it doesn't have oxygen, it goes out. If Rodgers goes away, no, he doesn't talk about it. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't get weird. He doesn't get cryptic. Nobody talks about it. But I'll say this for everybody that says they don't want to talk about it. When I was talking about the Bucks, we had a little over 900 people on the street. Total. Okay? And reach of, I don't know, was like 6,000. When I sit here and talk about it now, we got a little over 14,300 on the stream. It, it's what, it, it, you may despise it, you may hate it, you may say, I can't believe they're talking about it, but you're actually sitting here corresponding about it. It's what everybody is discussing. But on my defense, I sit here and said, none of the, I kind of, we wake up every day and I looked at my, I look at myself as kind of a sifting machine. We sift through all the crap. We just kind of shake it out, and then there's a little bit of truth there in that screen that remains. I, I understand Rodgers doesn't have to make a decision. He really doesn't have to for a while. He would be putting the team in a bad position. I understand Derek Carr's on the open market. And if, say, the New York Jets go after Carr hard, that means whatever conversation they had with the Green Bay Packers really wasn't that productive in the sense of maybe getting Aaron Rodgers as their next quarterback. Or maybe he's leaning, the word is, maybe he's leaning towards, say, you know, the, the Raiders. Maybe that, maybe that came out of that conversation. And the fact that the Jets did have a conversation, we don't even know what the conversation was. They were calling to inquire. Hey, Brian, uh, you know, hey, uh, you, you guys willing to trade Aaron Rodgers? You know, geez, guys, you know, first of all, I think he gives us the best chance to win. But secondly, he hasn't really made his decision. So we really don't have much to talk about right now. Okay, talk to you later. That's a conversation. That's a conversation. So all I'm saying is, is I sit here every day and sift through the crap. Some is, some isn't. Some of it's my opinion. And I, 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 I preface this by saying it's my opinion. I give you a lot of thoughts. But we don't sit here and say every day we got to talk Rogers because we want to make stuff up. We're merely reacting to what's out there and what's being said. Because there is, I, I every day, you can just hit... You can hit a a Google search of Aaron Rodgers and everything new comes up every day. And everything has been stated. 
Everything is being restated. It's being restated in a different way as if it's some kind of a fact, but nobody's attributing to, attributing to anything. It's funny because Russ, Talk, Russ Tucker, uh, Ross Tucker talks about it, and he then quotes Adam Schefter, who then quotes Ian Rappaport, who has quoted Adam Schefter, who has quoted Jeremy Fowler, who has quoted some of the people from the NFL uh, Good Morning Football Show. Who, but nobody's quoting a Packer. Nobody's quoting a, an organization. The only articles that are out there that are quoting organizations are other unnamed sources such as scouts that have said, you know, we saw him fall off. Well, hell, I told you that. I told you he looked a step slow. I told you he wasn't as elusive. I told you he wasn't on the mark. Hell, I could see that. I'm not a scout, but I think we could all see it. Packers fans, as a, as a group, if we wrap our arms around one another, we're pretty freaking intelligent. For the most part, there is the fringe mentalness out there. Okay, there are some who wear the green and gold glasses, and oh my God, uh, if you if you step in a turd near Lambeau Field that some dog left, it's got to be a green and gold turd. Therefore, you got to package it up, take it home, and take a whiff of it every day, put it in your freezer. Then there's others who are the green and gold fans, but they're the hater fans. They're the fans that I love my Green Bay Packers, but they're never going to win because of everything sucks. The world sucks. Every day you wake up, the clouds are black. Every day you wake up, it's not green and gold but it's just been, it's got steam coming off of lambo field like it's a great big pile but i'm a fan so you have the both extremes they're out there but all we try to do is sift through all of it and say this is what the reality is the reality is he's going to emerge i picked the 28th from the very beginning because i thought it was relevant in the sense of it's a week after the super bowl and that's it's getting into march once you get in the middle of the march you need to know what's going on if you're the Green Bay Packers, because you need to know uh, a lead up if you're going to be able to trade them away come the beginning of the, uh, the the new year or if you're not. So you got to start the bidding at some point. And if he wants to come back, then that, in essence, could tell you what direction you're going to go with Jordan Love, because you got to figure out whether you're going to keep him or not. You're going to sign him to that extension or you're not. Are you going to just bring him back? Are you going to trade him away? You got to start talking about that as well. It really does start the, the 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 gears grinding for the Green Bay Packers once Aaron makes the decision. I don't think it changes the draft a lot, but it really does start the gears grinding as to what they're going to do and how they're either going to tear it down a little, how they're going to absorb some of the cap hit, how they're going to make some deals, how they're going to be able to kind of rebuild things and turn it around within a year. You know, all of that stuff. But this whole thing, when I wake up, today and you've got numerous people jeremy fowler saying it today and he's not even quoting anybody the packers have made the decision to move on okay which is the headline so but he doesn't quote anybody he's not saying sources inside of this is just like an opinion and it's basically verbatim from what others have said but nobody's quoting anybody you know if i got a source that tells me hey this is what it is i'll tell you I got a source, I got two or three people, I've got things that I've witnessed, that this is what it is. Usually you attribute your knowledge or hypothesis to something. Nobody is. Nobody is. And Mike Clemens was 100% right. Aaron, this past McAfee show, when you listen to it, Aaron's a weird dude, man. And, yeah, he looks a little younger, but he also looked like he either just got off the five-mass skull bong or somebody woke him up. So, I, I, who knows? Maybe the ayahuasca kicked in. Maybe he's, you know, taking some relaxation herbs. I, I don't know. People were hitting me up about that. Does he look high? Hell, I don't know. He, he looks a little disheveled. I get that. But maybe he's just getting a lot of sleep. Maybe he's preparing for what he's about to go into. Who knows? Who cares? 
at this point. Unless he tests positive for something, who cares? But all I'm saying is, is Aaron's going to go in, he's going to do his thing, and he's going to come out, and my guess is next week we're all going to find out what the hell's going on. That's it. And for the people that say, you know, I got Mike, he said he can decide whatever he wants, I still think the, scene, the, the team is going with love either way. I there, There's a large part of me that would say, okay, I understand that. But much like Mark Schofield said, look, if you feel, if you're Rodgers and you want to win a Super Bowl, where do you go? A lot of people seem to feel like the Jets would be more prepared, but that's even a split decision. There's a lot of people that feel like Aaron Rodgers goes in to the Las Vegas Raiders and they're a Super Bowl contender when they're not even the best team in their division, but suddenly they're a Super Bowl contender. How? Same thing with the Jets. How? In the NFC, you get a couple of pieces in Green Bay. I don't think you're that far away. I think it's just a I think it's a different mindset. I think it's a different attitude. I think it's different coaching. I don't like the fact that they ran it back with Joe Barry, but I think if everybody's going to be in, everybody's got to be in. The only way this works is is everybody in. Otherwise, no, trade him away. If he's not all in and if he's not ready to go, I've said it from the from day one, then trade him away. But this whole thing about, well, they're ready to move on. Nobody knows because nobody's quoting anybody. But every time Aaron speaks, it becomes the dissection thereof. And I understand it. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and uh, we'll start taking your phone calls. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up if you choose to do so. Uh, I just I just talked to my buddy Carlos uh, and Jose over at, uh, at uh, New Mail, and uh, I'm going to go in and talk to Dr. Tim later today. And I want to, I'm anxious to find out. I'm down four more pounds. Okay. So last week I lost a few. And over the last couple of days, I've lost a few. So I'm like down a total of like eight and a half, nine pounds almost. And I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. I really, really want to get back to where I was about a year ago before I had the back issues. So uh, my goal, I know it's kind of outrageous. My goal is to lose 30. That's my goal. Uh, so where I'm really healthy, but if I can lose more, I'd really like to, I'd really like to get, uh, cause right now I'm sitting at a 38 waist. I'd like to get back down to a 30, 36. I could never go to 34. Uh, I just couldn't, I'd be uh, wafy looking, uh, but, uh, get back down comfortably into, it. I could wear a 36 now, but I want to get comfortable into it to where I don't feel like if I exhale, I'm going to blow buttons out and take people's faces off. But, uh, I'm going to go over today and learn a lot more about this stuff from new mail. Uh, 414-455-4451. They've got it going on, and they swear by this. They say, Bill, it's a new and improved product. Come on in. Uh, it's it's all online. They'll set you up with the uh, your own account, and you get to track it. It's it's fantastic. So I'll, I'll know more about it tomorrow, but uh, I can't wait. Our friends at New Mill Medical Center, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. If you got ED, low T, they can help you out with that. Absolutely. But if you want to become a new you, look better, feel better, get rid of that inner tube tire around your gut, 414-455-4451. This is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.